0: Do things or to see things you've never seen before. You're going to have to do some things you've never done before. Just like Brad was saying. and I'm telling you, God's got great things for each one of us, and they're forward, and they're things you haven't done, you haven't, uh, you haven't been a part of, you know, and you're going to have to do some things differently to get to that point. That's just the way it is. It's going to take faith, just as Brad was talking about. I mean, if you, if you haven't done it, you know, it's going to take faith. That rich young ruler needed faith to be able to step into a new realm and a new new existence, a new place, do something that Jesus was asking him to do, but he balked. And we're going to talk a little bit today about resistance and pushing through that point where we want to quit, pushing through that point where stuff comes against us because it's in that resistance, you know, where it was a new idea, it was a new thought, whatever it might be. It was difficult. He didn't want to do it. Whatever those things are that we face that cause us to want to stop, quit, walk, turn back, do those things, you have to push past that because there's nothing that can stop you because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, and he will provide everything that you have need of exactly when you need it. Not usually early, we know, but on time, on time and his time and his watch, how many of you know, is a little bit different than than our watch. It doesn't always somehow, I always have to make sure mine's going the right direction. Just trust God. Amen. Father, we love you and we worship you and we thank you for this time together. We thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father, that we have eyes to see and ears to hear today and that your word is a seed, Father, that goes into our hearts and produces fruit. I thank you, Father, that as we live your word in our life, we're blessed, that there's nothing as we walk with you that can stop us, that can hinder us, and that can harm us because you are always with us and you'll never leave us and you'll never forsake us. We thank you for that tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you weren't here uh, on Sunday, we announced that we would be moving in February, starting the 2nd, that first, February in, in, uh, the first Sunday in February, to 9 and 11 services. So uh, if you're an 8.30 person, you'll get, you, if you come at 8.30, you'll have a great time with the worship team practicing. Uh, if you're an eleven o'clock or 11.30 person, you're going to be a half hour late to service. So it'll be 9 and 11, and you can make that adjustment in your calendar and on your clocks and in your head. You know, as we were singing earlier, <clears throat> we're going to just talk a little bit about Pushing past the resistance and uh you know we were singing earlier and there was something about that song you know hungry i'm hungry for you and as you come tonight just to to hear what god has to say and we're just all in the same boat in the same place just saying god speak to us as you come to him come to him hungry uh, I, I didn't eat all day today, uh, and, and Elizabeth, I, I, I've been craving this chicken noodle soup stuff that she makes, and, and I hadn't really eaten anything all day, and so I was texting her about 2, 2.30, like, hey, 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 can you make some soup? I'm really hungry. Um, I, 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 all I've had is like a little handful of peanuts, and I've drank about all the water I can drink. So is there something that, you know, you, can you make me my chicken soup? And she didn't respond, didn't respond, didn't respond, so I kept texting her, little now I do emojis, you know, the little pictures, you know. So I had soup plus bread equals good, smile face, all those kind of things. I, I, but when she was in the house, she began to, everything smelled great. I don't know what it was, don't know what all the pieces are, don't know what all the parts are. If you know Elizabeth and some of the stories about her, sometimes it's, 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 it's never the same twice. It's always a little different, but it, just, it was so good. I still didn't get to eat it. I can't wait to get home uh, and do it. But uh, when you're hungry, everything smells good. It doesn't matter if it's if it's what you wanted, what you needed. It could have been any, it could have been anything. It didn't have to be the soup. She could have come home and made anything, and I would well, I would have. I would have st- <sighs> It would have been fantastic. Are you hungry to hear what God has for you to hear? That's important when you wake up in the morning, when you come to church, when you go to bed, all those different times. We've been talking about faith, and, and the first message was faith is about believing. So if you haven't been here for the last couple of weeks, you can check it out online, or you can see Joe back in the bookstore back there, and she can get you a CD. We'll just give you one if you, if you don't have one, weren't here. And, uh, we talked about faith being believing and the, the fact that with God, you know, faith is the currency that, that gets these things you know, from heaven to earth. You, you have to have faith. Uh, faith isn't yesterday, faith is now. You know, if you go to Hebrews 11:1, it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You may have used your faith in the past to get where you are today, but you won't get to tomorrow unless you use your faith now. And we have to believe. We have to believe what God says. We have to believe God's best. We have to uh, allow ourselves to stir up the gift on the inside of us that fights fear, that, that closes it off and brings that power, love, and a sound mind in our life, like it says in 2 Timothy. And when we do that, it's not stepping out in risk, it's stepping out in confidence, knowing that God's there with us and for us, and then he'll take care of us. Faith seems risky to the world, but it's not risky to us spiritually. If you know what God is speaking to you to do, like this rich young ruler, he could have sold all of his things, he could have given it away, and he could have come and followed Jesus, and things would have been fantastic, because Jesus said to do that. It didn't make sense in the natural, and people probably would have looked at him and thought he was crazy. They probably would have thought he's taking a huge risk and he's throwing away his whole fortune, but he was planting his fortune as a seed to have that everlasting life that Jesus was talking to him about. Last week, we talked about exchanging our strength and doing some things and running our race unhindered that as we go through our life, we pick up all of these weights. And uh, sometimes we know it, sometimes we don't. Uh, I, and I didn't teach it last week, but I've always taught this in VBI that, you know, weights can be a lot of different things. They could be things you hate, you don't like about yourself, you don't want to do, you don't enjoy doing. They could be things that you don't even realize or you're indifferent to. It, it happens, you don't even pay any attention to it. They could be, weights could be things that you like. Weights could be things that you enjoy that God has asked you to separate from, maybe for a season or a time or just separate But what I found, maybe you have as well, that when I do that, when I separate from those things, God always brings something into my life that's better than what he separated me from. Whether I hated it, whether I didn't even realize I was doing it, or whether it was something that I really enjoyed doing, as God began to separate me from those things, I began to lay those weights down. He began to bring things into my life that were better than the things that I let go of. And I know it doesn't make sense to you right now, and I know when you're, when you're facing that situation of God saying to let go of something, but you really want to hold on to it. Don't let go of your wife. Don't let go of your kids. Hang on to them, you know, all those things. But when God's asking you to let go of those things, it's very difficult, you know, in the natural as we try to think about it. Don't think about it. See, faith isn't about thinking about it. Faith isn't about figuring it out. Faith is about following and so you can't figure it out. You have to follow, and we talked a little bit about running with endurance and walking strong and, and all of those kind of things, and uh, at the end, we talked a little bit about faith, and, and in the beginning, too, about faith needs a destination. There's, there's a place that your faith is you're going, uh, and without a destination, you wander aimlessly. It says in, in Habakkuk that we write the vision, and it, you know it says in the word that man plans his ways, and God directs his steps. I was just talking to a person today who had written me an email about some things and and, uh, what to do in their life and and how to go this direction and and not sure what to do. And how many of you know seasons change? And, and, uh, you know, one day you have a job, one day you don't. One day you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to do, but you feel like God's telling you to do something else. And this particular person was in that place. And, you know, I just encouraged them to begin to write down the things that they have in their heart and then begin to follow those things that God has told them step by step, person at a time, you know, whether it's a, a, a moment in time, whether it's a person to reach out to, whether it's a giving opportunity here, or a, just whatever those little small things are by faith, continue to follow that. And as you move down this path that God has put in your heart, you, you, have, pl- you have planned your way and God will begin to direct your steps. And that if there's something on that thing that you, that you think is God and isn't, b- be willing to let it go. If there's something on that, that pad and that paper or whatever it is that, that man, you think, oh my gosh, uh, that has to be God because I, I would freak out and die if that ever happened to me. Maybe that is. Don't freak out and die. Enjoy it. But as you move forward in those things, it gives God an opportunity to move you. How many of you know it's very difficult to move a ship that's all tied up to the dock? When it's all tied up and chained up and the anchors are down and all those things, I mean, it, it, you can't move it. It can't go anywhere. But once you set sail and begin to move, it's easier. Have you ever tried to move a piano? It, it, they don't go anywhere. You push against them all day long. But you get a couple people going, and you get that thing moving, then you can really pick up some speed, and you can get it rolling. Of course, it'll crash into a wall, and things won't work. But I, I was, I was, as I was going through and, and just remembering all of those things from last week uh, about destination, there was a, a, a math problem. And, I, and I'm, not a phys, I'm not a physics person, but I do, I do math, and I don't want to keep bringing math back up. But um, there's resistance in the world everywhere. It's natural, uh, there's gravity, and there's, there's all kinds of, of, of forces that resist, resist us naturally. The, the example that God began to show me was uh, in, in my pre-calculus class, I used to teach vectors and different things about magnitude and direction and bearings and all these things, and we used airplanes. Because uh, people understood airplanes, kids know that they fly in the air and that they go so fast, and so that really lends itself to these vector problems. But the deal with airplanes is they, they don't fly from point A to point B. They fly from point A to somewhere near point B. And the wind, the resistance, and the stuff that's coming against them takes them to that place. That, that you have to, in your world, as the resistance comes against you, you have to be led by the Spirit of God so that he can set your computer to the path. The resistance will not stop the airplane. Okay? The resistance actually allows the airplane to, to take off. Uh, it, you can take off against the wind or with the wind, but they, they try to take off against the wind because it allows the airplane to rise at a, at a faster pace. Anyway, that's all these physics things. And Bernoulli, is that who that is? Yes, Bernoulli effect, yeah, oh, yeah I'm all about that. But uh, the deal is, the wind will not stop the plane, but the wind will affect the direction that the plane goes. Now, here's the deal. Okay, in, in the natural, that, that's just a law. Uh, you know, If, if you look, in, and I don't know if you know Newton's laws of, of motion, but the first one says every object in a state of uniform motion, basically going this same direction at the same speed, tends to remain in that state unless an external force is applied. So that when an external force is applied on that airplane, it will move it. And so the way we've corrected that in the natural is we've, we've got computers and we have people who sit in the towers and they tell the airplane not to fly 27 degrees, but to fly 34 degrees east. Because if they fly 34 degrees, the wind brings them back to 27 and they end up in the right place. Does that make sense? They have to correct their speed because the wind will slow them down. The wind will, if they go with the wind, it'll speed them up. And so there are a lot of effects that happen. And the resistance affects what this airplane does. The difference between, that, and that's a natural law. That is true, that happens. You can't, you can't roll a marble across this thing and it will go forever. Friction and gravity will stop the marble. I mean, it's just the way that it is, right? I mean, if it didn't, it would roll on forever. But in the natural, the, the resistance that we face stops us. It uh, causes us to do different things. But the, the deal is that God's laws, his spiritual laws, supersede natural law. And so the resistance that you face from the enemy doesn't mean that you have to go a different direction. You can go right through and past that resistance, that it doesn't have to affect you. Many times we allow it to because of fear and because of the difficulty of the situation. And like the rich young ruler, it just doesn't make sense to us, and it looks too hard to do, and we've never done that before. We're allowing that resistance to make us act a different way. So we're actually taking something that God wants to do spiritually in our life, and we're applying a natural law to it. Does that make sense? I mean, it's a little, I'm sorry. But you're taking something that God is saying to do, and faith only works by the Spirit. Faith doesn't work in the natural. Faith is about Him speaking to you and you moving out, believing what He said. Faith isn't you trying to figure out how it works. That's you allowing the resistance to change you. You leave this place knowing God said something to you. Maybe you're free. Maybe there's peace in your heart for the first time forever because somebody prayed for you earlier. That's fantastic. When you go out this door, there's going to be resistance that comes against that. Don't stop having peace because then you're taking natural situations and allowing them to affect you spiritually. But if you'll stay spiritual, if you'll stay in faith, then you move past. That's why the, the, the title is, is, is Pushing Past Resistance. We all face resistance. But not many of us push through resistance. If you think about it in your life, what's the last thing that God began to lead you into, speak to you to step out into? What's the last thing God told you to do that you're not doing? Why? You know, you know why. I don't know why for you, but what was it? Was it it a, a situation where, you, you, you just didn't, you couldn't do it anymore. You didn't think you were smart enough. You didn't have the education. You didn't, you know, all these different reasons, all those different things that stopped us, that made us change direction. I know a lot of people who say, God told me to be A, then he told me to be B, then he told me to be C, then he told me to be D, then he told me to be E. No, 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 stop. God's not crazy, okay? He may lead you from one path to the next, but he doesn't tell you to be something else every day. That's that's you allowing situations and circumstances and resistance to cause you to go a different direction. It's easier to maybe be like somebody else than be who God wants you to be. Why? Because there's resistance when you're trying to be who who God called you to be. There's not resistance when you try to be somebody else because you're already screwing up. Does that make sense? I mean, it, you're supposed to be Tony. Now, if you try to be Corey, there, that's going to be the easiest thing in the world as far as resistance. You can't play the piano like that, you know, and you might not ever do it. But there, there won't be a resistance thing fighting you maybe in that situation. But if you try to be Tony, there will be, because when you try to be Tony, you're trying to do what God said. And when you, when you do what God said and you follow his word and you follow his will, there is resistance that comes against you. People say all the time, well, I had it easier when I wasn't saved. Right because you weren't, you weren't going the right direction. You, the enemy really wasn't ticked off at you at the moment. You weren't necessarily an adversary of his. But when you start to follow God, you become an adversary, and now his whole goal and desire as the enemy, as the devil, is to stop you. I mean, think about it. It's, it's not just to, to harm you. It's to stop you. And he'll use whatever he needs to use to do that. This isn't something new. Okay, resistance has been on the face of the earth since the beginning. If you look at that at the garden with Adam and Eve, the serpent was there, the enemy was there, and it was resistance. He began to talk to them about why they should be able to eat from that tree. See, there was there was a coming. There was a coming against, and so they could have pushed through that thing, or they could have turned, and they chose to turn that they allowed the resistance that they they had from the enemy to turn them to do something they weren't supposed to do. They didn't have to. Because if you go to Jesus in, in, in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4, three times in there the enemy came against him. The same way, basically, he came against Adam and Eve. You know, when it says, as you go back and and look in Romans in chapter 5, and it says, through one man's disobedience, Adam, as he felt the resistance and went the wrong way, death and sin entered the world and entered our life. But through one man's obedience, Jesus, and not just this one time in Matthew chapter 4, but as, as he goes through his life, he follows what God would have him to do. I do my Father's will. And because of his obedience, what comes from that righteousness? Salvation. And see, there, were, there was, he had the same opportunity that the enemy did. And Jesus had people after him from the time he was born. He faced resistance from the time he was a baby because Herod wanted to kill him. They were after him. And, and then when he came up and he grew up and he became this man who came to the wilderness and was tempted by the enemy, and then from that point he went on, people were after him constantly. They badgered him and they questioned him and they made fun of him and they, they did all of those things. He faced resistance the whole time he was on earth. And I'm just telling you, you are too. If you're not facing something standing against you, I'd really wake up and say, God, am I following you in the direction that you want me to go? Because there's always resistance as you go forward with Christ, as you go forward in what he has for you. Now, here's the deal. It doesn't have to affect you. It's there, but it can't stop you. It's there, but it shouldn't affect you. You should go right through that thing. It can't because you're a spirit being following spirit principles and you're going to see the spiritual reality happen. Faith comes to pass. But if you allow that thing to happen, it will stop you. And you can say, well, I know God wanted this. I know he wanted me to be this. I know. Well, then why isn't this happening in your life? Well, it got really hard and so I decided to do this instead. Resistance changed you. It got really tight, and so I stopped giving because we didn't have enough anymore. You allowed resistance to stop you. And, and so you can't go past it. You allow it to push you. And then resistance shouldn't push you. Res- resistance is just a force that's supposed to oppose or to change motion. Now, God has a force, and he directs us that way as well, but I'm not talking about the fact that he is guiding us and leading us and propelling us down our path with his force. I'm talking about the force of the enemy coming against us as as men and women of God who are trying to follow what he has for us, yet face obstacles and situations that come against us. How do we go through this by faith? You have to know. That's why we start in the beginning. Faith is believing. You have to believe it beyond a shadow of a doubt. It takes strength to push through this place. So we talk about ex- exchanging our strength for his and letting go of the weights and the sin and the stuff that so easily ensnares us. Why? So that we can push through the resistance. Psalm 37. Is that? John, in John chapter 16, verse 33, it says, listen, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have pressure. You're going to have stress, all of these things. Adversity, affliction. You're going to have a squeezing, and you're going, to have, you're going to have distress come your way. But it says, be of good cheer, because I, Jesus speaking, I have overcome the world. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world, so there's no way that this force can stop you unless you bow down to the force instead of bowing down to Jesus. That if you lay your life down for him, he will take you through that place. But if you won't, like the rich young ruler Brad was talking about earlier, then you have have bowed down to the enemy and you have have fallen prey to the resistance. Sounds like a Star Wars movie, doesn't it? The force and the resistance and all those things. There might be a message in there too somewhere. I I don't know. In 2 Corinthians chapter four, in verses eight and nine, Paul says that we're we're hard-pressed on every side. Now that may not seem like a real joyous thing, but realize you're hard-pressed on every side, but you're not crushed. That, That pressure that resistance can't crush you. If you, I'm t- it, it won't happen. You, you will feel perplexed, it says. It goes on and says, you're perplexed, but you're not in despair. You're persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. That there's resistance along the way. But know this, you will come out okay in the end if you follow him by faith. It's this idea that says, I'm going to have tribulation and pressure and persecution and face all the things that Jesus faced as he was on this earth? Yes! But he has given us his peace and his joy and he's given us the Holy Spirit to reside on the inside of us and he has set us up for victory if we'll follow him by faith. See, he went through all of those things to provide the way, the victory, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Colossians 3.15 says that he's disarmed and, and, and defeated the principalities and he's triumphed over them. There is, there is victory here in Christ. And he's, he's done all of these things because he knows that you and I are going to have to face all of this pressure and this stress. That we're gonna wake up and we're not gonna know how to do things. We're not gonna know how to make it that day. That we may not have any idea what's gonna happen because things seem to be going totally south. But he says you can do it because you're my daughter or you're my son. I'm with you and I have prepared the way. I've prepared the way by living my life sinless and blameless on this earth and giving my body and my blood for you. And then I've opened up a door and given it back to I've given all that back to you, my victory what I have won by the power of the Holy Spirit, and now I'm just asking you to come back through the door with me and follow me. And if we do that, it doesn't matter what resistance is on the other side of the door, we can push through it. We can push past it. I think of Brandon Endicott, you know, and all the things that he's had to face over these years to get to where he is today in, in, in business. You know, that he's, he had to work, he, he, he worked nights as, as a sheriff's deputy and, and days as an, as an advocate person for, for I don't know how many years. That, that's pushing through the, the, the adversity. That's pushing through the resistance to say, I know that this is what God has. His grace is sufficient for each one of us. And so if he's called us to do that and work both of those things, knowing that he's the one who sent you that direction, then there's going to be grace for that to make it through if you follow him. I'm sure there were lots of nights where you didn't want to go to work <laughs> at, at six o'clock until six in the morning or whatever it might, there were probably lots of times that didn't want because you were up all day doing your other job. And then I'm sure there were other times when you got off work at 6 o'clock in the morning that you didn't want to get up at 8 o'clock in the morning and start working on the other job because you just worked your other job. But God said to do it. So you said, okay, I'm going to push through and not allow that resistance that I feel to push me away from what God said. Instead, I'm going to follow what God said. I'm going to grow in faith and step out and push past that resistance. Don't let that resistance take you to the wrong destination." You're going to have to fight. The world is in a complete turmoil. I mean, everybody is fighting everybody. Uh, churches are fighting churches. I mean, I mean, everybody's fighting. The Republicans and the Democrats and the Muslims and the Christians. and the I mean, family versus family and parents versus kids. Everybody's fighting. They're, they're, it's, it, we live in this tender box that, man, it's, it's so, so, as soon as somebody drops a spark, man, the gloves come off and everybody wants to duke it out. And then after about an hour of duking it out, they don't even remember what they're fighting about. but they're still fighting. There are lots of of issues going on in the world today. There are things that you can fight left and right. But I'm telling you this, you won't win a fight that God didn't bring you to. The enemy will come to fight you at every step that he takes you through, and you will win. You'll have victory by faith. I fight the good fight of faith, and a good fight is always the fight that you win. I haven't been in very many fights, and I really haven't lost any, so I guess they've all been good. But I could imagine if I was the one laying on the ground when the guy walked away, that wouldn't be a good fight. But in this one, you won't be laying on the ground. You'll be the victor. You'll be the champion as you go. And we all have to fight. Jesus had to fight. It says in Matthew chapter 11, in verse 12, that there's going to come a day where, where we're going to have to really push through and fight. It says, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. And I know you're probably hearing you say, well, you know, I'm not really violent. I'm kind of a peacemaker. I, I understand that. But this violent are these energetic people who want to go after what God has for them, tear down the gates of hell, and set the captives free. And there'll be resistance when you get to those gates. There'll be resistance as you, as you crash through there and begin to bring people from death to life. When you begin to open up your mouth and share the gospel, there will be resistance in that place. But quit! don't stop being violent, energetic. Don't stop going after it with all your heart. That's just the enemy trying to scare you, and we said in the very beginning, right, we don't have a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Stir up the gift in those moments. What's that do? It allows you to push past it. There are lots of times people said, you know, when, when this happens, I don't know what to do. Pray in the spirit. Why? Because it brings you through the resistance. Because it stirs up the power on the inside. You have to fight, and I have to fight. We don't, we don't get, a, we don't get a, a, another chance. I mean, you can't, you can't have somebody else really fight for you. I mean, that'd be nice, because if it was, I'd get Todd. Because I know Todd went through some serious fights, and he's, he's a, he, can, he almost took out a guest speaker once. No kidding. He was ready to take Ty Barker out. He had this thing tied from the ceiling, and he said, I, just, don't worry, this won't, this, this won't hit you. And he said, if it will, I'll hit you. <laughs> Todd, he's the, he's the preacher. <laughs> you can't say that. So, but he's a, he's a fighter. But listen, there's this thing that says you're going to have to do that. You you have to fight by faith. You you can't go out and steal something. You can't go out and... Unless God tells you to go out and get a second job, don't go out and get a second job. You're just wasting your time. And you're losing somewhere else. Now, if God leads you that direction, by all means, do that. But because Brandon did that, that doesn't mean it's the same thing for Tony or for anybody else. That... That was for him, and in that place was the power to move through the resistance, and some people get involved in those kind of things, and they see one person do something, they think, well, then I can do that, and they step into it, and the resistance wipes them out, takes them right down, and they say, well, I don't know what happened. It worked for him, or it worked for her, but is that what God has for you? Because that's important. When you fight, you fight from a position See, you fight from a position where you know the truth. You don't fight from a position where you're just hoping and wishing. You're fighting from a position of, I know what God said. So we said in the beginning, look, if you know what God said, you're going to be victorious if you follow him. And so when you stand on that position, that good foundation, the cornerstone is what we build our life on, right? Jesus Christ. And so as we stand on that place and begin to go forward in him, regardless of the resistance that comes, we will go through. But when we step off of that, when we get wishy-washy, when we're not sure, when that resistance comes, we get in trouble. It says in James 4, 7, that if we will, Submit to God. Now, this is what I'm saying about standing on the cornerstone, understanding the word, getting a firm foundation, fighting from a position of victory. And see, there's you want to be the high ground. Well, then, then be with Jesus. So it says, if we will submit ourselves to God and resist the devil, he will flee. That just means really to yield ourselves and to, re- to surrender ourselves. Like we say, I'm so hungry for you. Come and fill my life. I'll do whatever you have for me to do. There's something in that surrendering, there's something in that yielding that then, as you resist the enemy, he flees. It allows you to go on. Resistance, stress, pressure, whatever that thing is in your life, it allows you to go through. Some people die because of stress, other people thrive. Doesn't bother him a bit. What's the difference? It's up here in your head. Will you cast the care and will you allow that thing to go? Or will you hold on to it and allow it to kill you? It's resistance. You'll either go through it or it will turn you. You either go and fight or you sit back in flight. And that resistance is the thing that's going to come against you. And what you do determines that. It says in, in 1 Peter 5 in chapter 8, that there's a way for us to resist, and it's steadfast. It says in 1 Peter 5, 8, Be sober and be vigilant, because your adversary, your enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That means he is blowing against your airplane all the time. Sometimes it's like I've been in a hurricane my whole life. Well, don't stop. Right? When you're going through hell, that's not the time to quit. That's the time to go a little bit faster and keep moving. It says that he walks around seeking whom he may devour, and it says we need to resist him steadfastly in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. It's happening to all of us, he says. Look, I mean, in, in Acts, in the book of Acts, I mean, it was Adam and Eve. It was Jesus in the garden and the rest of his life. It was, it was the, the apostles and the disciples in the book of Acts. John and Peter in chapter 4, they just performed a great miracle. God worked through them in their life, and this guy stands up, and he walks, and they've never been able to do that. And then immediately resistance comes. And they begin to tell them, you can't talk about Jesus. They say, well, we can't do that. We can only talk about the things that we've seen and heard. We're faith people. We have to go that direction. I'm sorry. We can't bow down to that resistance. We have to go ahead and speak. And you know what? We're going to speak not just what we've seen and heard quietly. We're going to do it boldly, with more boldness than we had before. And that—that that does is. there's that strength again. There's that power again. And it allows us to push through the resistance. When they're in jail and they're hooked up and they're in that place and they're all and it looks like they're in trouble and there's great resistance against them, they begin to do what? Praise God! And what happens? Earthquake hits the place and they get to walk out the door. You walk right past it. You walk right through the resistance. It can't stick. It can't stop you. Steadfast just means you're you're firmly fixed in place. You're firm in your belief. That's why in the beginning we talk about what do you believe. Do you believe the best? Do you believe the truth? Do you believe what God says? What is it that you believe? Why is that so important? Because what you believe is what you'll do. And if it says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee, there's got to be a submission part there. That means you have to do something. And you will do what you believe. I know we say stuff like this. Yeah, but I didn't mean it. I didn't mean to say it. I didn't mean to do that. Eh? That's why kids are so quick to call you a hypocrite when they're in your house. There's nothing like a kid. Kids spot them out. They'll tell you straight up, I don't want any part of what you're doing because you're a hypocrite. And you're like, what do you mean? They say, well, you say all this stuff. You say, yeah, 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 do as I say, not as I do. Hypocrite. They'll call you on it. I'm not saying they're always right, (laughs) but they'll, they'll call you on it. And then you have to determine, you know, is that true or not? Because we don't want to be that direct. I'm telling you, there's, a, there's something with this action. You will do what you believe. And here's the thing in the whole end of all of this, as we finish up, you have to understand and know that you are equipped to do this. You may be here and you may not be able to lift five pounds, you may be here and you might not be able to run 10 feet, but you are equipped to spiritually fight this battle from a, pos- p- from a position of victory and by faith go through the resistance that's coming against you. You may feel weak in your flesh. You may feel confused in your mind, right? What did Paul say in the beginning? Perplexed but not in despair. Pressed on every side but not crushed. So you, might, you may feel all of those things, but you have to understand, just as I have to realize and understand, that I've been equipped to do this. We talked about Jesus dying on the cross and then ceding all of that stuff to us. Ceding means giving. You cede over your land to somebody, you just return it to them, C-E-D-E. And so he cedes all that to us, takes his hands off and says, it's yours. He's, He's positioned you in a place where you can be victorious. But you have to understand the fight. You have, you have you can't see wind. That plane can't fight wind. I mean, it doesn't you know, wind wipers. It, it doesn't work. You can't you can't see that. The plane relies on the computer and the towers to help it get to where it needs to go and all those kind of things. Listen, there, there, there's a, a fight that we fight and in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, we walk in the flesh, but we don't war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. It kind of covers all the things. It says, listen, you can do this. But you've got to realize you're not punching the enemy with your fist. You're swinging a sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That Do you realize and understand the power and the authority that you have with the words that come out of your mouth? Don't say things about your children that don't line up with the Word of God no matter what you see. Why? Because if you do, you're allowing resistance to take you that direction. Fight through that. See, this thing is sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, I know it doesn't mean much because I can't can't cut a carrot with this. But spiritually, you can cut the devil into pieces with this. Principalities and powers cannot stop this. They can't stop you when you swing this from that position of victory dressed in that armor. It says in Ephesians, and we'll quit and we'll we'll pray. In chapter 6, that there's a reason that he's given us this armor. There's a reason that he's given us this word. There's a reason that, that he has set us up With authority, There's a reason that he's given us the keys to the kingdom, right? It says we have the keys to bind on earth, to loose on earth, just as it's bound in heaven and loosed in heaven. We have that ability in our life. Why has he done all of this? Because he knows we're going to face resistance. And he said, you're going to do the things that I do and greater things than those you will do. But listen, to do things that you haven't done, you're going to have to, or to see things you haven't done, you're going to have to do things you haven't done. Does that make sense? Better do it right. To see things you've never seen, you have to do things you've never done. So Jesus set us up. Have you ever seen those rich kids? Maybe. You know, they they were like, they look like they were set up for life. People win the lottery. And you think, oh man. Look at them. They just won a million dollars or 10 million dollars or 100 million dollars. Do you know the percentage of those that are bankrupt today? Lots. It's not always what it looks like. It's what you do with what you've been given. What will you do with that? Now, I know we would all say give it to the church, so don't go out and buy a lottery ticket today. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but if you do win, it's a 10%. Um, it's the Bible. So I won't make it higher than that, but there is something called an offering, which is over and above, you know, the 10%, whatever you, whatever you feel in your heart. But it says in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6, Finally, my brethren, Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The schemings, the plans, the resistance, the opposition, the obstructions that he brings. That you'll be able to stand, that you'll continue to fight, that you won't be knocked down, that you won't be changed, that it won't take you like the rich young ruler from a place of happiness to a place of sorrow because you just couldn't see how it would work. Because he goes on and says, in verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, much like it said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, you'll continue to stand. Jesus, so says you'll be able to withstand in the evil. is the day getting evil is the day getting darker darkness and yes gross darkness will cover the earth those are evil days but he has set you up to operate from a position of victory to operate from a position of strength to operate in his anointing and with the leading of the Holy Spirit to go right through the resistance that the enemy brings across your path that nothing can stop you and nothing can slow you down but listen, we, we, we have to follow his word. For, for many of us, that means i got, I got to get in the word and find out what it says. you got to live it. There's something about this, this living the word of God. is that exercising of your faith that allows you to be blessed and to see God's word come to fruition and harvest in your life. So I would encourage you that faith believes and focuses on proclaiming and living God's word without reservation. And will you do that? Will you chase after that? Will you follow him with all of your heart? And I'm, if you will, I'm telling you, you'll cut right through that thing that's come against you. But don't worry, there'll be another one on the other side. There'll be another one. And every time the plane lands, it takes off again. It's into the wind. Some of you are fighters. And you, you just need to know that it's okay to fight. You, you're just not with your dukes, Okay with the word your enemy isn't the person next to you your enemy isn't your mate your enemy isn't your brother or your friend or whatever your your enemy is the devil and so you need to learn to fight by faith from that position of victory dressed in the armor of God you're protected armor protects you from the enemy and his weapons right shield of faith fiery darts all those things helmet of salvation you can't mess with your mind because you know you're saved See, feet shod with the gospel, the preparation of peace. What's the deal with that? Listen, I don't get upset because I walk in peace. See, I walk in peace. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.